Hello and welcome to another Cage Club Revisited. This is episode 44 of the Humanity Bureau from 2017. I am Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And this episode, as with all of our Cage Club Revisited episodes, is meant to be listened to while you watch the movie. Today we are watching the Blu-ray of the Humanity Bureau. The Humanity Bureau. Oh, oh, the Humanity Bureau. If you want to hear our more thoughtful, focused conversation about the Humanity Bureau, go back to listen to episode 92, yes. which came out April 24th, 2018. I think Lindsay was on Lindsay that Lindsay Gibb was on that episode, our Canadian friend, our Canadian pal. This is closing up our month of weather. I guess, or... Something. Extreme conditions. You know, we're still recording this in February. we got to figure out what we're going to be talking about for our April episodes. April showers bring May flowers, but what do May flowers bring? Oh, pilgrims. There we go. So mm. we're going to watch the uh, Blu-ray today, Mike. So if you want to hit play. Okay. So we use the remote. All right. Uh, on the menu right now. So play in go. three, two, one, play. play. Nice so go to cageclub.me slash games to download our Nicolas Cage movie bingo card. Uh, play along with us as we try to check off Anton Chekhov. <laughs> I was just, dude, I was just about to make that same joke, Kipton. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. Um, oh, who was also in the movie I just watched on Valentine's Day, uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. I forgot he was in it, and then yeah, he showed up. Yeah, with Wasikowska, right? Yeah. He's also in Thoroughbreds, which is great. Oh, I almost wore my Thoroughbred shirt today for our recording, but I decided to go. It felt like a cage day. It so did I've feel like a cage day. I'm wearing my, shirt. Um, my uh, mm-hmm. Netherlands Amsterdam oh. brewery shirt after yeah. economic catastrophe and climate change came famine, the great migration. Oh, this is right. There and is the so much war. exposition up There's front. a lot. Society <laughs> collapsed. Manufacturing and industrial production of food and goods ceased. America built walls around itself and its cities. Build that wall. National emergency. The government gave sweeping powers to a single agency whose task was to assess and separate those citizens who were deemed a burden to the system. I like that there was a subtitle that said, Wind Blows. <clears throat> that system is called. That agency was known as... The Adjustment Bureau. Oops, whoop, wrong movie. The Humanity Bureau. Now, apparently, there's something like this going on in China, where... China? Citizens are getting graded by their productivity and usefulness and so it's kind of like they're starting a humanity bureau did you hear that there's a country this is the opposite of what you're talking about basically there's a country in europe somewhere where they are so starved for children that if you're if you're a a woman like if you're in a family with a woman who has four children you don't pay income tax dude yeah move there wow yeah. yeah that's a very small country the no kid zone. Oh, oh terrible! Bad CGI. If you have oh, look CGI. at that. That is awesome. We could do that in my garage. This CGI. Oh, it's great. That's you know what? It's funny to see him in that shot because the exact same shot in Mandy is like incredible, and in this movie, it's like a what? Oh, look at those effects! I love it. I was doing those in college on my After Effects thing. Um, this, you know, the the drone reminds me a little bit of the beginning of Interstellar, right? Oh yeah. Oh boy, dude, <laughs> this is my jam. For some, I can't. You love this movie. I do not. It's not that I love this movie. I love the like the idea behind it, and then I like how trashy, sort of made for sci-fi it is. That um, someone really insisted on making this hell or high water, and I love that Cage would be would go for it. Well, I mean, you know, we love Nicolas Cage, but it's not. It doesn't seem like he is the most discerning 
No, when it comes to scripts. Look how close to Mad Max the car wants to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a germ of an idea here, and they try so desperately to flesh it out, and they just can't. Oh, this is where he goes after Trump's friend. Oh, boy. Trump, I mean Trump, uh, Cage, no stranger to motel rooms last year during his uh, eight movies. Looking Glass. Looking Glass, where he ran a motel. Uh, also, it's got. I want that on my car. It says Humanity Bureau. You can probably do that for like eighteen dollars. You don't. You don't think Suki did that for him with her flair? Over boy. I don't know if you left that in your episode, but mm-hmm. I said that in all three mm-hmm. uh, episodes. I made I sure to get it in there. Yes, I was actually trying to think of a way to. Like a like a, my own little Easter egg for all three episodes, but I, I don't think I ever came out with one. There's also you know a, a different podcast of ours, but um, another motel in recent memory is Neon Demon Room Two Two Fourteen. Oh, must must be seen. seen. Well, we were also talking in the last episode at uh, Bad Night at the El Royale. Is that it? Like yes. that's an incredible bad times at, bad times at the El Royale. That's an incredible movie, just, like, utilizing the, uh, like, landscape of one of those motels, like, one of those types of motels. Like, it really is, like, shot there for a reason. I mean, I love how it's, like, between two states. Yeah. That was really cool. Rooms in California cost a dollar more. (laughs) Um... I'm trying to think. I guess. Oh, I guess I was listening to Conan's new podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend or something, mm-hmm. and he had Dana Carvey on. And Dana Carvey is really trying hard to do his Jeff Bridges impression. Uh, but it's basically like Rooster Cogburn, and like ever since he played Rooster Cogburn, he's just been that character. Like trying to can't even get out of get goddamn sentence, <laughs> like just struggling <laughs> to talk. This guy's great. This part feels almost like like a Tim and Eric skit or something. Did I ever tell you? So there is a there's a pizza place near my parents' house that is legitimately one of the best pizza places around. Like right. by my parents, like it has great food. Like one of the best cheesesteaks around. Uh, all the food is really good. It's reasonably priced. You know, just like you know, like the Great Northern, clean place, reasonably priced. <laughs> uh, but the first time I went there. In the window, they have a 25-inch pizza that they offer, like a pizza party, pizza party pie. And I was just like, that feels like Tim and Eric. And then I walk inside, and it's just filled with people who look like this. And I'm like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> like, I know that my parents, where I grew up, is sort of in the woods-ish a little bit. Like, it's, But it's not like northwest Jersey, which is right. like literally there, the there, there are literal, like, woods of Jerseys you could, yeah, like... There's, you know, like, if, again, there, X-Files Connection, Pine Barrens, or, oh, yeah. like, Sussex County, mm-hmm. where it's like... Literal, you know, for lack of a better word, people who voted for Trump. Let's just say that, and not for financial benefits. Well, like back because their jobs are coming back. Yeah, no. But I walked into this place, and there were just people, and I was like, and they were all standing by the door, just like hovering, not moving. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> and it was terrifying and weird. Look at that "Make America Great" poster. That's terrifying and weird. It just feels, this all feels a little on the nose. You know what this is giving me vibes for, though? And you're going to hate me for this. The opening of Blade Runner, the second Blade Runner, where Goss goes the to fuck a, out of here. <laughs> arrest the replicant, and there's like a showdown at the house. Who is that? That's The replicant is somebody, is it Jason Clark? It's Batista. It's, oh, uh, it's, yes, it's Drax. Drax. Yeah. Oh, look, there it is. 
Yeah, this guy definitely has like a, uh, oh, boy. you know, buy some cans. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Cage. Whoa. Indistinct chatter. The subtitles are going off in this. It's a lot of uh, subtitles. I think this is because there's the, there's the subtitles. There's closed captioning. You know what I mean? Like oh, right, I feel like right. this is more of the we're giving you a sense of the noises. Here's the the last Walden City Humanity Bureau. Oh, that's right. He has like his apartment of relics. That looks like a oh yeah with his fishing pole. But he's got his dirt, his motorcycle. It looks like Ghost Rider's motorcycle a little bit. And this looks like a low-rent Vin Diesel. Or like a low-rent Mark Strong. Yeah, or the guy from the last movie, from Breaking Bad, I was thinking, to a degree. Dean, Dean Norris. But Mark Strong's probably a good good call. Seeing John Denver as he... Spoiler. Country road. Take me home. West Virginia. <laughs> He's like, how did a British guy end up with this as his favorite song? Oh, right. This is the movie in which somebody gets their eye shot out and they put a piece of bread. Piece of bread <laughs> he over tapes it. a piece of bread. Yes. That is this movie. Isn't there something with a dollar also? Or is that was that Looking Glass? I can't remember. I thought there was uh, No, in Looking dollar. Glass, he cleans his glasses with a He cleans his glasses with a dollar bill. <laughs> Boy, What's in his boy, house? Take your hat off. That's a dollar bill. <laughs> Still one of my favorite jokes ever. Let's see what what he's collected. He's got boat. What's that light behind him? Is that just like looks a, like a, maybe a telescope of some kind, or partial telescope, or like a, a spotlight? It looks like a movie light, like a. Yeah. Oh no, not in your Van Gogh. What does he have here? A Monet. Sorry, they didn't show it until he said it. It's um, mm-hmm. it's certainly a choice, but I feel like mm, I feel like for being a collector of things, his like the counter behind him right there, right, is very barren. Well, the whole place. I mean, it doesn't. We never really like we don't know how much is left of what. So, like, is this just what's left? Like, he's not even really concerned, you know, what it is, as long as it's something from the before. Right, I mean, he, doesn't, he clearly doesn't give a shit about the Monet because he just hooked a, a, a fish yeah. hook into it. So it's it. like he doesn't even know who Monet is, or they don't even know the purpose of these items. I don't think this takes place far enough in the future. <laughs> well, like what I like about the first episode of The Last Man on Earth, may that show rest in peace, is like you know he just goes around collecting all these things with like incredible value, but like they don't have value. Like when there's mm-hmm. nobody else around. Like, that Monet doesn't mean anything. Like, if, if society has collapsed, yeah, who gives a shit about art? Yeah, and why even have, like, that shit in your room, too? What are you holding on to? A uh, world you never knew? I guess. Oh. That's... This is... Oh, my God. This begins the most complex fucking... Okay, so it's his kid, but that's not... Not his mother, wife. not the mother, or his wife. She took the kid on after the actual mom died. But she doesn't know that it's Cage's kid, right? But she doesn't know he's the dad. Holy shit! Now we're about to get into all this. <laughs> and he like falls off the roof. 
the kid. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and Cage has to revive him. So this is Cage, With essentially, the... <laughs> this is Cage as Gosling talking to Robin Wright. Found a flower. <laughs> we'll bring it back. <laughs> Although, you know, the, the, the one, a minor difference is that literally every frame of Labor in 2049 is a painting. No, I know. And this looks like dog shit. <laughs> it literally is brown and smeared like this... This terrible... Like, that's just lazy set deck, too. Like, there's so much empty space. Well, I mean, look, like, yeah, there's they don't have the money. They don't have any time. They don't have anything to make this. This is all done on a set with green screen as much as possible. And look, also, like, Blade Runner is an incredible, you know, neo-noir, futuristic, you know, meditation on life. Like, this is... What is this? This isn't... What is this saying? (laughs) I don't know, you gave it five stars on Letterboxd, Because so. <laughs> I, I still had fun watching it. I mean, I was... you got to remember... Is that car purple? This movie was a... Uh, it took a year for it to get to America after its initial release in the UK. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, I, we could have we could have pirated it a long time before it actually was out. But I sat on it, waiting and wondering and wishing for what it could have been. Agent Noah Cross, with a K. No Cross... Is it his cross to bear? He's playing a really cool considering that's his kid, you know what I mean? Like I guess knowing it's his kid, we should probably We hmm. should see if he like steals glances you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because the first time around it comes out of nowhere. It's like, wait, also, that's his kid? I totally forgot it was his kid, so I'm glad you said something. <laughs> we watched this movie ten months ago and I forget everything about well, it. Well Joey, we've each watched like hundreds of movies. Four hundred movies since then, I since know. Since then. Like I'm amazed. I can remember details about a movie I watched last year, let alone 10 years ago, which I can still do somehow, remarkably. I do feel like I have a better recall of the original run of Cage Club just because we were so immersed in it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, El Camino. all the new movies, that, or all the new shows that we're doing once every week, like I, I remember a lot of, but I also forget entire movies exist. Yeah, like, it's going to be hard for me to remember, like, what happened in Maze and Monsters, aside from Pardue. You know, like, that's the one takeaway I get from that whole movie, is Pardue. Which I think is fine. Yeah. You don't need that junking up your brain. But it's like, I was rewatching Ant-Man last week, right? And I was like, I just saw this movie, like, less than a year ago, and I still don't remember this part, or that. Like, there's still little lines and things I'm discovering in Ant-Man. It's like, wow, I didn't realize there was enough left in this movie. And same with Tokyo Drift and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm revisiting those movies with you guys and everything, it's like, wow, like, yeah, I just saw this, like, a couple weeks ago, but, like, that feels new, or, like, this feels like something I don't remember all the time. And memory is very weird like that, especially memories of movies and stuff. Here you go. Every, every, Every kid should point a gun once in their life. I do like this kid is, like, speaking way too quickly. So, I don't think I've knocked off anything yet. Yeah, so this is some kind of, like, you know, like, what, like, communist dream come true this this humanity bureau or whatever it's called like i don't know man i don't know i i don't know 
There's no work, but if you don't work, you're useless. So therefore, everyone's useless. <laughs> well, you've got to prove your value in some way, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's your skill? What's your trade? You know, I was watching uh, like two weeks ago. But there's no, there's even okay. But sorry, but real quick, if you're like a seamstress, there's nothing to make clothes out of anymore. So you're obsolete. So off to New Eden. Yeah, which means death. Right. Yeah, New Eden is a concentration camp. Um. I was watching like two weeks ago because it was on TV. Aaron Brockovich. Okay. And so I just—I mean, that movie's so good. But I remember, you know, at the end of that, where they bring in the the, the executives from the company, they're like, "Here's your settlement. It's like fifty thousand dollars." And like Aaron Brockovich is like, "Yeah, take that money and shove it. Like we don't. Like, mm-hmm. That doesn't. That doesn't work for us." And then like she's like, "Oh, we brought that water and special from the place." And they're all just like, "Oh mm-hmm. no, we can't drink this." Um, yeah, it's but, a real frozen ground moment when Cage is like, "Look at the X's on the maps." And then they open the door and he sees Vanessa Hudgens and Cusack calls her hard C. You little whore. <laughs> so look, these so the only people oh, who yeah, are this useful is set in twenty thirty. Okay. The only people that are useful are the ones that actually work at the Humanity Bureau. Because <laughs> that's the only thing left to do is to track people. So this main actress who's very pretty, her her main IMDb photo is from this movie, The Blackburn Asylum, where she's chained up. Oh, that's terrible. That's her main IMDb photo. Change that, girl. What are you doing? She's Canadian. Oh, yeah, I'm sure this was a Canadian production. This feels like it was shot like on one of the sci-fi backlots or something. The movie she was in directly before this is called The Hidden Truth, which feels like another Cage movie could have been. <laughs> she was one episode of Fargo. All right. She was in the movie Wolf Cop, which... I think it was the, one of those movies that like was could have been cool. Like it was like one of those grindhousey things. That oh, wasn't, okay, wasn't one of the new age good. grindhouse things. So, yeah. Oh, she plays. She was in. I think when I looked her up, I remember she was in uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. I think in a very small role. Seventy episodes of a show called Edgemont, which has to be a Canadian drama. She was in one episode of Dead Like Me. Huh. Case looks good here, man. I mean, you know, he's, mm. you don't think so? He looks a little thin, but I think he's looking all right. I think. You know, considering we had just seen him in... That was like ten years ago. Frozen Ground. Five years ago. Four years ago? What, Frozen Ground? It was 2013, so six... So it was four years before this. And he looked good there. And here... He, the, mm. ha- the hair is struggling here. Yeah. He's a little pale. I don't know. Maybe it's part of the role, though, that there's not enough food left in America, and, like, there's no makeup products. And You think the director went that far in thinking about this? I don't. No. I would have. Dude, my version of this movie would be fucking amazing. There'd be, like, scavengers. It would be more of a Western, for sure. You know, and, like, there'd be mutants, like, because of, during the war, like, radiation problems and stuff. Like, But I feel like, and this is giving this movie... A little too much credit. I feel like that movie's been made a bunch. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no. There's, there's Whatever nothing... this is trying to do has not been done. Maybe well, for a reason. A little bit. Like I feel like it kind of it's done in like older exploitation movies where you're rounding up like the poor people and then like the rich people are like hunting them or whatever. Like it's sort of a theme. I've I feel like I've felt it before in science fiction where it's just like. You know, this whole class of civilization that is deemed useless, and so we're just going to totally get rid of it all, and it's the rich elite people in the city are going to be the only ones who live and survive and stuff. Like, there's a little bit of that in, like, Brave New World, where, like, all the super smart 
perfect clones live in the city, and then all the savage, normal humans that are left live out in, like, the wasteland area. So, I don't know. I feel like there's enough new here to, to infuse it with old stuff and make it work. Mm-hmm. They just didn't do it well enough. Because we get to, like, we get our Mad Max moment at the end, but there should be several of those moments throughout, you know? And what is with that cookie jar on the table there? I don't know. It feels a little racist, maybe. I... I hear you can fall through. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the problem... A problem. The problem? A problem. At least a problem the the problem. Is that there's just not enough here mm-hmm. to sustain a movie. Well, and so they're delaying the reveal. They're delaying... Mm-hmm. Because they're like, we can't just have... Although, I don't know. You know? Not, not that there's an... I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Like, not that there's not enough for a movie, but that its pacing is all off. Like, it's way off. Like, he should be doing more and visiting more people before meeting these people. We only see him investigate one guy. He should have, like, a half hour before we meet his son of world building. And then we'll know a little bit better why he's acting so weird when we get to him. Whoa. You just slap the life back into him. I yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think part a, of it is like with me. I'm just very predisposed to crappy sci-fi. Like I will always give it more of a chance because I know like it's about ideas more than. But there's not really an idea know. here. It's sound, like, but it's not. I feel like the reason we used. don't see the world is because they don't know what the world is. Yes, or maybe they do, well, and they just don't show it, and so they don't give an inkling that they know it. There's is. not enough examples. Like I think it's a really sound idea, but they're not. The guy has not written it out well, and it's not directed to the extent where you understand the degree of what's going on. Like because it just feels like it's isolated to one pocket of America, where instead of the entire planet or whatever, and so the scope is all off. Like, it's supposed to have a large scope, but it's a very macro movie. I'm not saying it's good. I will never say it's a good movie. I will just say that, like, I, for some crazy reason, I enjoy lots of it. <laughs> Cage. Just driving back. Like, that shot of the city, like, that's such an interesting concept. The idea of, like, the Walden City and, you know, but they know, they don't really spend any time there. We don't really meet any of the other citizens of that world. Flashback, if you have flashback or time jump or any of that kind of thing. Like, this just reminds me of, like, other... Like, the problem with bad movies, I think, is that it just... They remind me of other movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that are good. <laughs> that little tear reminds me, like, I just watched recently, like, on mute on a plane while I was doing stuff, but, like, A Simple Favor... Where, oh, you know, that's so weird you say that. I have that written on my napkin to watch soon. Oh, it's great. Um, it also reminds me of The Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah, it reminds me of like, that Lakeshore like production logo or whatever, where the kid jumps off the dock. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think the thing is they just didn't go far enough. They tried to let it rely on, you know, the idea instead of flesh it out. They just don't flesh it out. I think that's the... Best way I could put it. I just don't understand how a bad movie gets made. Willpower. Yeah, I guess. Like, 
And also, you don't know entirely until it's done. Like, shooting this, I'm sure they knew it wasn't going to be amazing, but there's no way they could have known it was going to be this bad until, you know, it's all put together, the effects are done, you know, they squeeze the last dollar out of it. Yeah. Because then you get a movie like, you know... um, um, OPL, when he went to search for Bin Laden, right? Um, Army of One. Army of One, right? Like, like I'm, I'm sure they never, they never had, like, theatrical distribution going into that. But when they're done with it, they're probably like, shit, like, we should have maybe held out and waited because this movie could belongs in a theater. Like, it's weird. Uh, sometimes it's just the roll of the dice. I like how the sun catches Godzilla's face over there. <laughs> yeah, coming through. That's Shin Godzilla, too. So. Oh, boy. In his normal form. Well, that's his third or fourth transformation, if you recall. He starts yeah. out like as a, a just a tail worm, worm yeah. and then he gets bigger and bigger. So there's um, there's a book of production art of where he was going to – what he was going to transform into next – and then after that, and after that, it was going to keep going. Hard pass. So his next form was literally, he was going to like, that what he is was going to be like a shell. And it was going to crack open, and inside was going to be like a humanoid, very tall-looking angel-type creature, sprouting wings in a halo. Jesus Christ. With like six eyes, and like eight arms, and it was going to be epic and amazing. Um, kind of like at the last shot, those creatures crawling up its tail... I don't know if you remember you that. Act like I remember, <laughs> did not enjoy. I saw it three times by now, or four times by now. But you know, like what I was saying before. I mean, I guess it's also sort of true of, in a sense, I guess maybe you shouldn't Godzilla, but also like this movie, or like you know, two episodes ago, when I was railing about, isn't it romantic? Like, I just hate watching a movie that I'm not enjoying and being like, why am I not like? I was like, mm. why? Because like that movie starts with a young Rebel Wilson watching Pretty Woman, and her mother's like we don't have that because we don't look like Julia Roberts. And I'm like, why the fuck am I not watching Pretty Woman? Like, I've never seen Pretty Woman. But oh, you haven't? Oh, no. you gotta check it out. Like, you know, I don't know if it holds up entirely, but like, it's still a fun movie. Better than isn't a romantic. Probably. Or like, or you know, this week I was watching for the first time the Before Trilogy, right? So I watched oh, Before cool. Sunrise and Before Sunset. Oh, you know what like, we gotta I do? Watch before Midnight. When we do the next one, you gotta come over to my show. I mean, I love those movies. Part three. Although, I feel like... Cause I, I like them in the order they came out. I like them one, two, and three. You like three the least or the most? The least, yeah. But I still like it a lot. Not to say I don't... I'm just saying, if I had to rank them, they go one, two, three. I think what's interesting, in a sense, is that you know they're each nine years apart or whatever, or whatever right? So, like, mm-hmm. before Sunset, the second one, they're about my age. And before Midnight, they're about your age. Yeah. So, um, I, I like Sunrise more... Um, but I I really like the first two. It's it's those I think because we talked about when we were talking about you know cinemakers and trying to figure out who to do. Like I feel like I suggested Linklater. I feel like you weren't super crazy. Like I haven't yeah, seen a lot I'm of not, movies, but like I'm not. I don't. There's love a handful. All. Like I'm know, more like there's a handful I like, and the rest I just don't like. Like I just really really love. Like everybody wants it. Like I feel, and like yeah, and I, I love Slacker. Like I think Slacker's I his think best movie. Okay. But like. Like, these movies, I feel like, are the kind of movies where I'm like, 
I'm just going to put it on and I'm just going to fall in love with it. Like, I didn't love these movies the first time. I really, really liked them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're definitely the kind of movies where I'm going to be like, oh, the more I watch them, the more I'm going to love them. Like, I, I, I haven't gotten there with Days and Confused. I've only seen them a couple times. But, like, mm-hmm. I watched Everybody Wants Some five or six times last year. Wow, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just, like, a handful of movies. Like, especially, you know, as we're, you know, I've been saying, I think we've maybe talked about it on, on podcast or whatever, that, like, um... I'm trying to rank my 100 favorite movies of the century so far, and in the top 10-ish are movies, or a couple of movies that like, I just watched, like, a boatload last year, like Everybody Wants Some, but also like Magic Mike XXL, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, these movies that just sort of feel, for lack of a better word, comfortable. Yeah, I mean, like, I must have watched Night of the Comet four times last year, you know, because it's just, there's movies like that in my collection where it's like, I need comfort movie tonight, or I need movie I know so well I can just sort of veg out to it, or uh, here's a movie maybe I've only seen once or twice, but I know I love it, so if I if I put it on, so like The Nice Guys, like, I could just, if, I just throw that on, and it'll just fly by, you know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah, there's movies, there's just movies that hit you in that way. Um, and then there's movies you have to just sort of suffer through sometimes because like you do a podcast. Um, and, you know, that's. I think it's good, though, because, like, it just goes to show at least our audience that we're not so, like, we don't agree on everything because we agree on so fucking much. Like, it's freaky sometimes how much similar our tastes are and everything. But, yeah, we do get, like, time to time where, like... Just like we, things. we disagree about this movie, but at the same time, we don't really disagree. Like you no, know that you're I'm being aware. Ir- you're being ir- you know you're being irrational yes. with this. Yes, yeah, but I mean I love it for my reason. That's the thing. Like I, I you know I no longer call things guilty pleasures. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So like it's one of those. If I had to classify it, I like it for reasons that it's not good. I guess. And I see it's one of the like few this movies- scene just makes me want to watch Logan Lucky. <laughs> where Cage yeah. walks in from the back as the dad not as a dad we don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. but like you know no at a talent show exactly um, in front of an American flag yeah yeah there's just things about it that push my buttons and you know can I, can I take a sec- pause for a second I think it is cr- I was thinking about this the other day I think it is bananas that we said the Pledge of Allegiance every day in school for like, oh, you know, yeah. like I, 18 years I uh, so 15 years whatever so maybe I should have brought this up on Brian's podcast but well before high school I stopped saying the Pledge of Allegiance like I would stand and put my hand up but I would not say yeah. a word I I quit that shit do people early. still do that? I think so I think I so I wonder I don't know Did I should you text ask your my... sister and see if her kids say the Pledge of Allegiance yeah I'll text her right now but yeah I remember calling that shit I'm like I'm done with this early like it just feels so blindly nationalist yeah (laughs) yeah exactly okay let's see question because it feels in, in a sense in a sense um like it's 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 somehow circumventing separation of church and state. Like I know it's oh, not. Oh, oh no, it's not. Yeah, because um, it's state and state. But it feels it's like they it don't say be. God in the title is the only way they get around it. But it's essentially yeah the same thing to me. Yeah, okay, I texted my sister. I don't know. She's at a, she's at my nephew's uh, bas- bitty basketball thing or something right now. So we'll see when she replies. Like, I, how is the world building of this movie that he goes to see the the talent? Like, it's like, what does that do? 
Well, it just goes to show us the size of the population left outside the city, that it's just a very poor – basically, we've reverted back. It's the Old West again out there and everything, and there's not enough, and there's no people. Um, and frankly, if he wasn't their Humanity Bureau representative, they probably would have been dead a long time ago. But, you know, it just also makes you wonder, like, how did this, like, what stupidity started all of this in the first place? You know, who was, what was the administration that was like, this will be a good idea. They can't even make coffee anymore. It's been, what, 30 years and they forgot how to make coffee. Just boil some water and. Oh, so I'm going to read to you because um, I also want to read it again myself. Uh, my friend uh, on one of the one of the hosts of Tub Talk, okay, uh, texted this morning at seven thirty and said, "This letter was distributed across a disturbingly large portion of Philly yesterday." Okay, all right. Header: ABBA, ABBA, like the band. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. This is to inform you. Just keep in mind this is insane, but not like. It's it's more intriguing than like crazy. You'll so think. he got this to his apartment or his house. So he lives in New Jersey, but he lives in basically a New Jersey suburb of Philly. So I don't know if he found this or saw this online okay. or whatever. But okay, this is to inform me that all the food. I'm going to read it with typos. Okay, this is to inform me that all the food ate since first grade is alive in your body, especially the dead animal remains or meat since it was cooked alive. And is alive in your body. What? Anywhere it goes now, you must go with it. That's 365 days a year from first grade to now. What? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Also, newborn baby received your first grade body or a meal just like the 365 days a year. Newborn baby? What? (laughs) Breakfast, lunch, dinner. (laughs) The only way I see for you to save yourself from every which a way of being burned alive that's scheduled is to become a solid steel statue by place yourself under anesthesia and mixing your body with melted metal. No then way! solidifying the metal or seal yourself in Whoa. cement. When it becomes real to you, you can type it up and have a lot of copies made, then pass them out and post them up. Wow, is, turn yourself into a statue is the new thing? What is needed is a steel furnace where metal can be melted in the bodies of people and animals mixed <gasps> with the metal to become steel unable to be hurt. Of course you'll be sedated first. There will be, just a letter B, there will be a meeting on April 27, 2019, 12 o'clock in the afternoon on the subject of building a steel furnace at 27th and Gerard Ave on the vacant lot. What we need is a bulldozer to dig some ditches and steel furnace equipment. Do attend. Wow. That's crazy. There's a madman loose in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. By the way, this guy just lost his eye thanks to pellet gun, and he's going to have to tape bread to it soon. That's weird. I'd probably, like, call the cops or something and be like, yeah, people want to turn me into a statue? <laughs> Living art. Oh, shit. They're wasting lots of resources just on this two little people. Humanity Bureau. Oh, my sister said yes, they do. Nah, that's crazy. I'm going to take back. Crazy. Okay, thanks. Talk soon.
<laughs> the uh, the car sounds like um, oh man. So when I get up in the morning and edit now, there's that 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 sitcom Mom. Do you know that one? Yeah, Anna Faris and uh, yes, what's her name? Rachel's Rachel's aunt, Allison Janney. Yeah, that's, that's uh, Rachel. That's... Rachel's Rachel's mom's cousin or something oh. is, is Allison Janney. That's who Cage's car sounds like. <laughs> sounds like Allison Janney? Yeah. The, the Siri on his car, which is like emergency. There it is, Joey. Yep. And the I'm bread has, that. is that blood or jam? And this fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, I don't really watch that show, Mom, but it's like I've had it on so much in the past few weeks while I'm editing in the morning, just in the background, because it's on at like eight thirty nine 9 in the morning. Uh, I'm actually kind of getting into that fucking show now. Because <laughs> it's all reason, about like rehab and stuff. Like well, It's there, crazy. I've never... On the Fires was great. I never knew that they... Because uh, it just goes further than like a lot of the other sitcoms do because it's about recovery. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, this is actually worthwhile. Like you could actually watch this and like maybe learn something too and become a better person thing. Um, and then the, the girls are just fucking hilarious too. Oh, and what's his name is in there? Uh, from Drive Angry, the guy from hell who, uh, goes to get Cage back and everything. Uh, Fincher, Finchner. Um, Fickner? Bill Fickner. William Fickner. William Fickner. Yeah. He's in it. He's on that show too. Mom. Yeah. 134 episodes. Jamie Presley. Jamie Presley from uh, Poison Ivy 3. She's in there. Nate Cordry, Rob's brother. Kevin Pollock. Yep. He was on a previous season. He Octavia was... Spencer, apparently. Stephen Weber. Mm-hmm. Yvette Nicole Brown, Missy Pyle, David Crumholds. I mean, they have cool... Uh, yeah, Missy Pyle com- comes on. Yeah. They have cool, you know... Justin Long, Beverly D'Angelo, Bradley Whitford. Dude, this guy is pure America. A newly sober single mom tries to pull her life together in Napa Valley while dealing with her wayward mother. Because her mom was also an addict, and Anna Ferris was like an ex-stripper addict who got arrested and has to... And then, so they both go to AA together, and then they go to, like, the diner with their friends after AA, and... Then they all go home, and it's about their like relationships with their new men, with the men in their life. It's crazy. And like her daughter's dating like a really older guy, and um, that's played by the guy on The Deuce, the guy who lost a lot of weight, who uh, is like the editor director guy. I forget his hmm. name, but uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. I am uh, texting about that new movie yesterday, which is that um, that's, that movie where like the power goes out around the world and suddenly the guy wakes up and he's the only one who remembers the Beatles songs. Oh, that's what that's about? Oh, I gotta see it. It looks terrible. No, it doesn't. That sounds good. It looks terrible. Would um, you watch the trailer? How'd you, how do you I know? I watched the trailer. It, it showed mm. before, isn't it romantic? Oh, okay. Uh, I saw a joke on Twitter where it was like, um, woke up one day, no one... No one ever heard of the Beatles. Um, performed uh, performed a song about an octopus, and everyone just started throwing tomatoes at my head or something. I don't know. It was a joke like the Beatles never existed. I went on stage and played a Beatles song. Everyone booed me. 
Like that was basically the joke. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, because the the premise is that this this Indian singer songwriter, I guess, remembers them and he plays a song at like a brunch. People are like, "Oh, that song's so good." He's like, oh, he's it's like, a Beatles song. He's like, "You know what it is? Like, it's it's Let It Be." He's like, "This is the best song, or whatever, or whatever." You know what I mean? And people are like, "I don't know." And then so like he becomes this like really famous person, um, huh. and his 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 girlfriend is I think played by Lily. James? But that's like that's like a running joke on Comedy Bang Bang. The idea, like the Beatles, like who are the Beatles? The Beatles, yeah. like wait, the what? And like, so <laughs> eventually, in the trailer, he goes on James Corden, and like James Corden's like, "Well, we have two other people here who like claim that they're their songs. Like they're and they should just show their feet, and it's like somebody in you know loafers and somebody in bare feet. So it's like John and somebody. It's just like why? Hmm. And Ed Sheeran, I think, wrote the arrangements, and Ed Sheeran's in it. He's just like, and like one of the big jokes in the trailer is like. You know, like he's saying, "Hey, Judy." He's like, "I really think it should be called, 'Hey, Dude.'" That's that's kind of weak. Now, now I've kind of lost interest. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be bad. Um, not good. Oh, these are the remains of people that have been brought to New Eden. This oh, reminds is that me, Michael. Oh no! Thank God, that's not Michael Ironside before he passed away. Look at his Nick Fury patch. It's kind this of reminds me. What was there. the movie? Was it the? It was the trust, right? Where they're on the roof and uh-huh. Elijah has all the tape, and then like yes. he's like sees it for like two minutes, just like all right, we're we're good. Yeah, he has like a photographic like, memory. Three of days. I like the trust. That was a good one. And I thought the world premiere of that. Cage was supposed to be there. Yeah, thank God Elijah did that movie with him because they became friends, and he brought him into Mandy and this new movie. I think I've made this, made the decision. Sadly, that I am. Uh, probably done with Fantastic Fest. It's uh, just... It's, it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. And every movie that I want to see... Like, what's cool, in a way, is that they're getting bigger movies, but that also means those movies are out within the next two or yeah. three months. Yeah. Or, they're also getting a lot of movies that are being picked up for distribution on Netflix, and so, like, within three or four months, yeah, say all but, like, one or two of the movies are... <laughs> available no. and I also like I can fly there pretty much you know using miles I can get there for free I can stay with my sister but I'm still paying six or seven or eight hundred dollars for the badge plus food oh man it's just you expensive. know what we should do and we should, I should have thought of before um, we should have uh, called Lisa and tried to get gigs on the new movie <laughs> I know it's filming in Europe this one she told me where. She asked me not to tell anybody because they apparently had problems with Mandy, people crashing the set and stuff. But they're in Europe now. Here, write it down on your phone. I want to see where it is. Oh, I, for- I freaking forgot. I lost the text. So uh, you don't know where. No, so now I don't know. Oh, no, I do. Hold on. Let me... Let me. I'll text you. You can just type it. You don't have to send it to me. You don't want, you don't want to incriminate yourself. Yeah. Not that she's ever going to look at your phone. I'm going to screenshot this and send it out on at Cage Club Pod. Is this the Prisoners of the Ghostland? No, 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 this is the... Yeah, this is Prisoners of the Ghostland. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that feels about right. So I feel like if we could have made our way there, we probably could have gotten, like, jobs on the movie or something, because she's just cool. Like, like, that's how she is, and it's, like, still a very independent thing. But I think, like, next time... If there is a next time, I'm going to text her early and be like, look, you got two willing workers to work on a Cage movie <laughs> or something. Or maybe we could just come to the set one day and uh, report. But uh, apparently that uh, they, um, 
the the seven stages to accepting the Holy Storch movie that she made, the Dan Harmon movie. Like uh, they're mm-hmm. recutting it, and it just got it just won another festival, so that should be out soon. Hmm. But uh, oh, so I have a little bit of an announcement. It's, know, it's uh, sort of an announcement. Uh. So uh, this summer, August second, I believe Hobbs and Shaw comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Joe and I are going to have a uh, Too Fast Too Forever sort of get together. We're going to see the movie either the night before, or the day of, or whatever. At the Palisades Mall. Oh, that's up here, this one? Yeah, because okay. it's basically halfway between my house and his house. Oh, that's cool. And so you're relatively close. Brian I'm right here, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody who is in the area who wants to see it with us uh, can see it. I mean, you know, we will have announced it probably on Dude, we could, our show. Uh, are you planning to go back somewhere after? Because, I mean, this is kind of a nexus point. We could come. We could try if you want to plan something here. No, I think so, – so this is not to exclude you, but the first episode we're going to do is just us. Oh no! I didn't mean to record. I just oh, meant to just hang, hang out, out after the movie. I don't know. <laughs> like have a, I don't know because we're gonna we're going to release it immediately. Oh, you're gonna do one of those like in the lot kind of things? No, or? I think we're gonna like you know we're gonna, so say say we see it at like eight o'clock on a Thursday night, right? Like we're gonna go home. It'll be over like ten thirty. We'll be out of there at eleven. We'll be home by twelve ish. Yeah, record. that Friday record. Got it. Got it. Put it out Saturday or Sunday or whatever. Whenever I can edit it. Um, just so, like so a, what we're thinking? Yeah, so in so theater release timing yeah. wise. Uh, it's going to come out, I think, between Fast and Furious 6 and Furious 7 of Lap 4. Cool. Which means that then we're going to do, so it's going to be like 6, Hobbs, 7, 8, Hobbs, Hobbs with you. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. You're gonna for the second I'm going to lap back around. Yes. Nice. So come it'll be the up. end of Lap 4. Cool. And then when Kara's lap, the, uh, the driving school lap, she'll be the first full lap you know, but you're, you're going to have Brian on episode four of that, right? Of yeah, Kara's he, lap? No, he'll be on episode four of lap four. And then so five of lap five, five. I think, yeah, probably. And six of six and seven of seven. And lap Hobbs eight of Hobbs. Eight, Hobbs of nine. <laughs> and then by that point, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, there will we'll be see. like 12 movies out probably. I mean, by 2021, there's supposed to be three more, right? Like, that's the... That's the well. It's for sure going to be two by next year. Well, yeah, Hobbs, the, and then the the girl one they announced, the all girl one. And there's there's going to be a Hobbs and Shaw too, and there's going to be just got to be ten, and there's got to be what would they call Fast and Furious presents Han and Giselle? Would they just call it that? Do you think, or do you think they'd call it like Fast and Furious presents? Something, something, something. You know, like I, maybe it would be Han and Giselle. Like that would be great. I'd be fine with that if all of their stories were just named. So that way you could get, like, Fast and Furious presents Tej and Roman, like, hypothetically. Rico, you know what? Rico and Teco. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Just dude. All, it's all in Spanish. It's all subtitled. But that would be amazing. Like, think of how groundbreaking that would be. That would be incredible to have, like, first of all, to have, like, the two Latino leads, but then to have it be an all-foreign language yeah. film – and they don't have to stay in, like, South America. And like, nothing happens. They just argue the entire time. They're just, like, doing odd jobs. But they it's, do. like a, it's like a Rosencrantz and Gilderstern, but, like, mm-hmm. instead of them just going to the prison in – or the, the, the police station in Fast Five to, like, go in the bathroom, it's just that for an entire movie. It's just them doing, like, literal shit work but they and just actually, arguing with each other. Oops, I feel like at the top of, uh, at the top of four – you know they they they're involved in that heist, right? They don't they kind of screw up, but they get the gas off the truck. And uh, part five, they're in, integral. And yeah, no, oh, they, yeah, they would be great to have. Um, maybe they'll show up in Han and Giselle. Well, so the funny thing is that so you know we read on your episode 
the uh, the character description that Liam sent or mm-hmm. that that Wes sent in. Um, and so he sent in a bunch. He sent in ones for like these like car like Santos and Leo, and we're just like, who the fuck are these people? And Joe was like, like how deep is he going? And I was like, and I I, mess- I, I emailed Wes back, and I was like, look. One of the characters you're missing is actually two characters. They're two that you know are linked together. And he's like, "Are the are, are, is it these people?" And I was like, "I don't know who those people are." He's like, "Those are Rico and Tego." I was like, "Oh, then yeah, use those names because like he's the one who ta- like West taught us what they're because like they're the so English- he just wrote down the wrong names for the not the wrong names. So they're I, I think I read it either on oh, no like I'm gonna, real on, names. On, on, so no 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 so. <laughs> The Fast and Furious episode that we're about to record that's going to come out in like a week and a half, so it's been out for a while as this comes out. He wrote in this thing because like they're in three, they're in three or four movies, and they have different character names in each. Oh, I never knew like, that. It's like Santos and Leo, or Rico and Tego, or like oh. Rico and Don Omar, and like all these different. Like oh, it's the weird. same characters, but they're but different they're alias. Just, they're just they're just named like, and there's no consistency, weird. and it's confusing as hell. And so we were like, we just called them the twins. And so then Wes wrote in, you know, lap two, I think, which is like they're they're Rico and Tego. They're actually because they're the ones who do like like bandoleros and stuff like that. No, because they're musicians. Yeah, yeah. And like they, the have, they have songs like, on the soundtrack. Uh, what's that one? It's like uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. Like that's one of them, right? Like, so I think so. Playlists. <laughs> I love all the music to that series. Uno, dos. So bandoleros three, is Don Omar. Okay. Uh, Don Zakaduro. And that's is, the one that plays at the end of Tokyo Drift, right? Yes. Don Zakadura, which is the end of, at the end of Fast Five, is Don Omar. Okay, um, but they're like they—they they both have songs. That's so cool, by the way. That is in vain of like bringing the rappers in. You know, like we'll have Ludacris do a song for Fast Two. Fuck it, put him in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Conteo is Don Omar. Um, let's okay. see here. Virtual Diva in Fast and Furious is Don Omar. Wow. Don Zakadura. <laughs> They've never seen snow before. Wow. Oh, yeah, so Bendelaris is Don Omar featuring Tega. Oh, okay. So maybe it's Rico and Tega. I don't know. But it's just it was just weird. So, like, he finally, you know, he, he sent one in, but... Because those guys, to be honest, like, they open up so much of the world by doing so little. It's like, where did Dom hook up with these guys? What's their story? Like, I think they're related to him. They're supposed to be, like, cousins? I think. I think one of them is... Dom's cousin, but not the cousin from the animated series. No, because that's the thing, like, Dominic Toretto, is he even Italian? <laughs> I know Vin Diesel is, but I feel like Dominic Toretto is like, like, you know, Latino, Cuban, Latino, yeah. you know, like South American, like, that's what's flipped, that's what's like screwing me up a little bit, because I feel like, let's just go to Italy, there's such an amazing car culture in Italy, you know, like the history of cars from there and everything. Just like we could be doing something there too with the Toretto name. Like, don't, I'm, I'm cool with, with all the Latino stuff. Like, I love it. Um, so here, so Los Bandoleros, which is the, the short before four. Yes. They're referred to by name Leo as Leo, Santos as Santos. They're okay. credited as Leo and Santos. Huh. Fast and Furious in the fourth movie, Leo's referred to as same name as Tega, or referred to by name as Tego. And the film credits him as Tego. Santos is never mentioned by name. Weird. But the transcript calls him Omar, and the film credits him as Don Omar. Weird. Fast Five, Santos is San- or Han refers to Santos as Santos. Leo is never named, but the transcript calls him Tego. I am to be credits him as Leo and Santos. Weird. Fast and Furious 6, they don't appear, 
but are both mentioned by name in passing as Leo and Santos. Seven neither is neither appears or is mentioned. Eight uh, they show up. Eight for neither characters one mentioned shot. by name, but they both appear in the film credits as Leo and Santos. He says, to be honest, I never found any mention anywhere of the name Rico, and I have no idea how that got attributed to Don Omar's character on the wiki page. I even asked Reddit, and no one there could give me an answer. So, like, it's just this confusing. Wow. So we need a whole movie to straighten that out, if you ask me. <laughs> and we need to know, like, based on what they call it. But I'm also cool, like, do the one-shots, bring those back. Like, Marvel stopped doing those because they got, like, too expensive or whatever, and they got their continuity straight, finally. But, like, I feel like that's a great thing to do for Fast and Furious. Like, I would love to see just, like, a a one-shot about, um, you know, like, what's going on with DK now. Like, if that's all we could give him is a one-shot of, like, oh, he got, like, he went to Russia. Like, that's where he ended up, and now he's, you know part of Cypher's B-team or something. And even if you never bring him back, you at least remind the audience of him and you set him up so that you can bring him back, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I really think, like, that would be cool to bring DK back to, for some revenge. But then again, who's he getting revenge on? There's no one in the crew right now that... He, well, he lost fair and square. Han is dead. Sean doesn't roll with Toretto right now. Like, he's just disassociated with who we're following at the moment. <laughs> I think the real thing to bring back is Carter Verone. Right? you got to bring him back for revenge on... And if you bring him back, you got to bring back Monica Fuentes in the same movie. Yeah. Um, you could... The uh, guy from 4 came back in 6, right? He came back in prison. So they managed to bring him... They managed to bring a lot of stuff from 4 back for 6. The problem... And it's not really a problem, but, like, a lot of cool characters have, like, the sort of, like, the secondary characters have died. Like, yeah. spoilers to the Fast and Furious, but Vince is dead, Elena is dead... Mm-hmm. Han and Giselle, you know, there's... there's I mean, you can't even bring Johnny Tran back, because he died. You yeah. could bring back maybe his brother, <laughs> who, like, found, like, now, all these years later, is trying to have a vendetta. If you have uh, peaches or bunnies, there's a rabbit's foot, if you want to cross that off. Oh, Jesus, I don't think I crossed anything off this whole movie. It's not a good... It's, this is not a good movie for... Peaches or bunnies. There you go. There you go. Wow. No, I'm not as high on this one the second time around. I found there's, yeah, there's not, not a lot... Good. No, but I thought that there would at least be stuff to, like, have fun talking about while rewatching it. But I guess we kind of ran out in that whole half hour. That first half hour, hour or so. Well, I think that... I mean, We're I really know close. It ends in a crazy way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, a, like a super murder. Like, they murder the hell out of K. He gets, like, shot right in the head. The, the uh, this actress kind of looks a little bit like Linda Cardellini. She kind of looks a little bit hmm. like Milana Weintraub, who was the uh, the AT and T girl. I didn't want to bring up Blade Runner again, but she kind of looks like, and also from is it not exposed, but um, Ana de Armas. Yeah, just a hint of Ana de Armas. No, it, it, it is exposed. No, wait, no, no. We always get that confused. No, it's exposed. Is it exposed? It's, the whole truth is the, the other whole one. truth is the one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> No, she's not as... Well, I mean... Uh, I looked quickly earlier, earlier. It was there more in the beginning of the movie. And she's also in Knock Knock as Belle. Yeah. She's a really good actress, man. I think she's fucking great in uh, Blade Runner. And after watching Blade Runner being like, 
thinking back about her other performances in Keanu Close, like she was not a problem in those movies. I want to see her in a Spanish language movie because I feel like because I feel like the, the the way you could sort of criticize her is because her English isn't great, but like well, it's like Penelope Cruz, like she's an incredible actress when she's in like you know foreign language films. I feel, but then struggles to fit in American films. But we're going to get to her for Vanilla Sky, right? So, and we already got to her for Waking Up in Reno. I know, but she so she was Vanilla Sky, the remake. <laughs> that's that's what's weird because she was in uh, Abre Los Ojos. Oh, I, I never is that the original? It's the original. I've never seen remade. it. I've never, never seen it, but it was. I might watch it. It was the original that they remade, and she's in both. Oh, that's sort of like there was a movie with uh, Gerard Depardieu, not Gerard Depardieu, but like who was it? The Leon, the professional, that guy, uh, Jean Reno. Jean Reno. Um, he was like in the original. It was like him and some guy come into the future from like medieval times, and then they remade it in, in America. And he plays like the same role. That happens a couple of times. That well, so sh- like, so we were talking last episode that Elijah Wood show with the dog, where his oh, dog Wilfred. is like Wilfred. Like yeah. the same guy plays Wilfred in the uh, he's, American he's and Australian yeah, version. Yeah. But like, you know, we were talking about an episode or two ago about, oh, I think it was last episode, about Mark Strong. Yeah. Uh, he was on that show Low Winter Sun, and he, they remade it, and he was in Low Winter Sun again, which was oh. not good. But there was another example. What was I thinking of? Oh, the guy, uh, was it not uh, Torchwood? It was the guy who um, played Doctor Who did a show, and then they like remade it, and he played the same role. Uh, well, there was like Forby Delson on the bridge, that or no? Mm, I'm going to look him up right now. Because so I did not real so I saw Cold Pursuit a couple weeks ago, which is now uh, yeah, you know, a month and a half ago. I didn't realize until I was in the theater that it's a remake of the director's movie In Order of Disappearance, which that movie is great, and I love that movie. And this movie, I was just like, oh, like I, I know, I know, I know it. Like, hmm. You know what I mean? Like it just it felt underwhelming. So David Tennant, okay. Uh, let me see. Who's going to be in that Good Omen show? He plays. I think he plays the devil in that show, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he was in Broadchurch. Oh, yes. Right? And then they remade Broadchurch, and he played the same character. Yeah. Which <laughs> is crazy. Because I think the original Broadchurch had Olivia Coleman in it. Okay. Or I never the I, remake did? Uh, I'm looking right now. Oh, you're right. Choosing one of them. Olivia Coleman, yeah. The original or the remake? Yeah, no, and I think it's the original. I think I'm looking at the original with Jodie Whittaker and... Uh, because she went on to be Doctor Who also, Jodie Whittaker. So you have two Doctor Whos in that version. of Doctors Bro- Who. Doctors Who. Yeah, this is the original. Yeah. Because then, David Tennant... He's Scottish, okay. So I have this picture of Jodie Whittaker because... She was in on Entertainment Weekly. This I had a, a girlfriend who looked just like that, so I kept this picture of her. <laughs> Is that sad? Should I get rid of it? Probably. Probably. Oh, they remade it as Grace Point, right? That would brought you, they did Broadchurch mm-hmm. as Grace Point, and that was oh Anna Gunn. Speaking of Breaking Bad, oh, in the last episode nice. played the Olivia Coleman role, which I think I watched the first couple episodes. And I was like. It's the same thing. I wonder what happened to Anna Tor of my girl from Fringe. I think she went got a. She was Wasn't on the show recently. Wait. I love. So there was also. Fringe. So there was Forby Delson, which was the bridge in in. Where did they Mine speak? Hunter. Oh, she's in Mine Hunter. Where do they speak Danish? Uh, yeah, like the Netherlands. That's Dutch. Yeah, Danish, Dutch. Is that the same language? Right. Yeah. 
the Dutch. They speak Danish and Netherlands. Yeah, because you get further north in your Scandinavia, you're like Finland, Denmark, Norway, which is where my mom she speaks all that, and she can understand. Like if she went to like she went to Amsterdam, she can understand sort of. Um, I gotta check out Mindhunter now that I know that my girl's on there. So there was oh okay perfect episodes of Fringe. So there was a show called so Forby Dawson was the Killing. Okay, so that was made to the Killing, but they made they had the show called Braun or Brone, which is the Bridge. Oh, okay, which was remade on FX as the Bridge. Oh, that starred the Diane Kruger. Okay, I remember hearing about that. Yep. Drive. Oh yeah, yeah. The German three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see me tripping the light fantastic anytime soon. <laughs> that lasted two years on FX, but the first season, the first like eleven episodes, yeah. were like the same thing. And I was like, "What's the point?" Like, I understand oh, like, like, you haven't re- seen the original. Then mm-hmm. there was an episode where they went beyond. I was like, "Oh, this is uh, cool," but it just sort of felt like that's happening a lot. I felt or happened. That was a very big trend. Like there was a show called like, uh, or it was about like replicas and replicates. It was like about AI robots, and it was a big Swedish hit. And there were two seasons, and then they brought it to America, and it was literally like a shot-for-shot remake. Humans? And it, Not humans. Yeah, humans, yeah. Humans was a remake? Yeah, and it, like, f- kind of flopped, because they didn't do anything new with the Like, they just remade the Swedish episodes, and people were just like, well, this doesn't really translate all that great. I watched the first season on Region 2 DVDs. Are you sure it's humans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Based on the Swedish series Octa Mansikor. <laughs> but, like, I like humans because uh, Gemma Chan is the star, and Gemma Chan's real pretty. I mean, it's still a good show, but I'm just saying that's an example where it's, it's, still, it's, it's still on. Really? Yeah. Because that because I saw the first season of the Swedish one I have on DVD, and then I started watching this show on, on American TV. I was like, oh, this is exactly the same. I shouldn't really be wasting my time with yeah. it. Because Gemma Chan, who's the lead... She's the Asian, yeah, sentient being, or right? That's there. That was the lead Asian in the. Was original. also Mary Queen of Scots. She was in Crazy Rich Asians. She was in Transformers: The Last Night, apparently. Oh, I wouldn't know that. I turned um, that off five minutes in after drunk Stanley Tucci. Well, she's, been a bun- she's been in a bunch of stuff, and she's she's just really really pretty. But that's the trick, right? Isn't it? Is to reinvent it, not remake it, but well, to take so- it and twist it, and and like with Insomnia, like I feel like Christopher Nolan. Pretty much change that for the better. I guess the thing, the thinking. So I guess there's, there's two different ways, right? So it's either you're doing it because you love it and you want a, essentially a lazier audience to be able to enjoy it, right? Well, like somebody the psycho who does not remake? want. No, 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 no. Because it's somebody who like won't won't read because there's like a, a, a wide swath of people who won't read subtitles. So if you th- if you love the bridge or you love. Forby Nelson, or you love mm-hmm. humans in in Swedish, and you're like this. I want this show to be in English, so that people can enjoy it without you know the, right. the stigma mm-hmm. of having to read it. I can see that, but if you just remake it, it it does it in a way where if you've seen the original, there's no reason to watch it. Or if you want to sort of do it in a way that everybody can enjoy it, even if you've seen the original, then you sort of take the idea and you adapt. Like because what's mm-hmm. what's interesting ish. And interesting enough about the idea behind the bridge is that, like, in the original in Braun Broen, it was like, uh, hold on, let me let me get the actual countries right. 
Did you ever see that or no? The bridge or no? No, no, but I wrote it down because it's, you know, so I the, have the pilot, there's time. a body found on the bridge between Denmark and Sweden. So oh, Denmark. Oh, it's right on the line. Denmark okay, is Dan- Danish. Danes. So the body is equally distributed between two. And so it's like this like counterplay between yeah, like who jurisdiction or is it, yeah. whatever. So when they remade it, it was between the U.S. and Mexico. So they hmm. adapted it and it was like, you know, Texas lawmen and Mexican. And hmm. like, it's cool, but it's also the same story. It might have been, and you know why? It might have worked better if it was just over the state lines, not country lines, like that. But I feel like if it's federal, then it just it's just. Or maybe feds. maybe it would have been maybe if it was on the northern border. I don't know. I hear what you're saying. That's a, that's a problem, though, right? I'm saying for trying to adapt it too closely, like that just seems regionally like you know something that would fit better in Scandinavia, right? Like something a little maybe they're. Maybe it's a little more about the jurisdiction problems of that of those countries as opposed to you bring it stateside and dealing with Mexico. Like it's a whole other sort it's of just, it's just view. Sh- it's just a shame mm-hmm. because in the bridge you have uh, Diane Kruger doing a really good job. You have Damien Bashir doing a really good job. And you have – what's his name? Oh, Ted Levine. Oh, OK. Doing a really good job. So like – you have all these actors really kind of killing it in something that, like, you know exactly how it's going to play out. You know what I mean? It just sort of feels... Okay. Well, I, since I haven't seen the original, maybe uh, it'll work better for me or something. I'm definitely going to give it a shot, though. I mean, maybe I should just watch the original? <laughs> Is that available? Um, but I want to watch something with Diane Kruger in it, so... So just watch... I mean, I think... I do think it's the kind of thing that, like, if you haven't seen the original, the new one is... It's good enough... Okay. Should I switch back like every episode? Watch episode one of the original, no, two of the new kill one. Yourself. <laughs> it's because it's the same thing, but shifted in in place and time. Doing some crossword, Joey. That's right, right up your alley. This kid's not great as an actor. Oh, this kid's very bad. <laughs> Paper airplanes. Nice. Oh, so you listened to the new episode? So you listened to uh, my Tokyo Drift? I did. Okay, it's good. It, it worked out, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. And the the new No Part Three, um, Crank. You gotta agree, right? Like, where is that movie, man? Oh, I've been thinking more and more about the Crank series recently. Like, I do like that you use a different no, 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 no. <laughs> each time, it's always the. Don LaFontaine or whoever doing the part three. Yeah, the the Godfather. <laughs> I've tried to find more part three things, but Wait, that's, him, just... that's that's from the Godfather. Him saying part three because it sounds like it's like Halloween part three. It sounds like very menacing. You know yeah, it I mean? sounds almost like Eli Roth saying Thanksgiving. Right, I'm, like, I'm hungry. Leave stuffed. Thanksgiving. Uh, I've been trying to find more part threes, and the Back to the Future three one's not bad. I almost made it work, but I figured it's kind of funnier having new music and same voice. Like it's the same part three. You know, I was also thinking after I watched Alita Battle Angel, I was like, could we do – somebody I would like to do eventually for Cinemakers is Robert Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was looking and I've seen – like if you look on the letterbox in terms of popularity, I've seen literally his, his like 24 most popular movies except for Spy Kids. Like I haven't seen any of the Spy Kids. Spy Kids 2 is great. It's legit really I'm cool. sure it's fine, but like it's not the kind of movie that I'm ever going to be like, let me watch this. You might be surprised. I don't know. Especially – those first two Spy Kids are very much like surprising. That's all I could say. I was like, "Wow, I did not think these would be for me. I thought I'd be too old for Spy Kids." But they have that Rodriguez charm. There's something about his his flavor is in it. You know what I mean? Like, so his his um 
I think I've seen all of his movies. So in terms of popularity, from mostly Sin City. From really? Dustal, from Dustal, I mean, in terms of no, how know, many people have logged it. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, that's surprising that more people, that most people have not seen Desperado. Uh, that that's not on Letterbox. No, Letterbox is a very like, specific demo. But I mean, Desperado is like his breakout movie. Antonio Banderas, Tarantino's in it. Like, there's so much backstory. You know, I don't to think it. you understand that. Joe and I have a very intimate understanding of the Letterbox demographic because of the Letterbox game. <laughs> much it younger than me. me. <laughs> um, Sin City. From Dust Till Dawn, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Wow. Planet Terror. Yes. Spy Kids. Okay. Machete. Wow. Already in seventh place, Alita Battle Angel. Wow. Then, I can't believe it. Then Grindhouse. Whoa. Desperado? Hello. Then, then Desperado. And then El the Mar- Faculty. Whoa. Then Four Rooms. So last is going to be El Mariachi. Then Four Rooms. Then Spy Kids 3D. Then Spy Kids 2. Oh, no. Then Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, no. Then Machete Kills. Oh, no. Then El Mariachi. Yay. Then Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which I have not oh, seen. Oh, I could see that. I've seen it. I saw it with my nephew. Then Spy Kids All the Time in the World. Which oh, that's part four. four. Yeah. Then it's Shorts, which is that, like, I saw it. I don't remember It's just a it. short. It's like a... Short. No, it's a movie. It's just a, it's it's. I don't remember. Uh, I've never heard of it. Then a movie that I bought but I never watched, Road Racers. Oh, I have that. That's a good one. David Arquette is in. It's um. Oh, and uh, what's his name from uh, Deadwood that we were talking about? The partner, um, John, John Hawks. Hawks, is in it. It's his first movie, I think. And so that's the movie Showtime wanted him to make that before Desperado to prove that he could actually make another movie after El Mariachi, and it's got. The girl that he uses, it's her first movie. Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek's first movie. It's not bad. Oh, and William Sadler. Yes, that's right. Death is in it. Um, Check it out. I have it on DVD and VHS. Because I, 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 I bought it on Blu-ray because it was $4. It's on Blu-ray now? I sent a VHS copy to Larson one day, and I was like, here. Ha, I was like, have these. Here's a couple VHS tapes. One of them was that. Car accident. And then everything else after Road Racers is like his shorts and his mm-hmm. ten minute cooking school, ten minute. Cooking oh, those school are great. And movies that aren't out yet, but yeah, I mean, his diary is great. You should read his diary. It's I read it. Uh, no, I'm mean, just talking to the like uh, the listeners too. How he uh, how he like signed up for like medical medical tests experiments and tests that he could write a script <laughs> and and get basically get paid to write a script. So the guy the guy who plays Bucho in. Uh, not El Mariachi. Yeah, and El Mariachi, the bad guy, is one of the guys he met while in like uh, like school, getting like money for being tested on. Also, it's and and he story. tells this story about how the guy like didn't speak Spanish, so you could see him floating in his pool, and he's got his lines cupped in his hand, and he's just sort of like looking down at his hand as he's reading. Then that guy's awesome, Bucho. Yeah, but like the the. Between that diary and the commentary to El Mariachi and Desperado, like you could learn how to make the movie you need to make. Mm-hmm. Like I watched that so much during uh, when I was in college, when I was making short films and stuff. Cause he made like didn't he make like El Mariachi for like eight grand or something like that? Like he was like, and he was nineteen, and he shot it on film. Like he just he shot it on film. He just went down to where he vacationed, where like during the summer, where all of his friends were in Mexico, and they just made this fucking movie. Are you listening? A kid take a shit. Oh, I totally forgot. But it's really funny because in that movie, they like, yeah, that is a real. That's the jail. That is the. Those are real police people. Like these are just the the residents of the city who knew me, and we're just like, yeah, we just asked for permission, and they said, go ahead. So that's really cool. I haven't seen yeah, that. No for one a while. signed. I mean, you know, we have a we have a lot of uh, 
people have signed up for things, but nobody signed up for Robert Rodriguez. I don't know. See, I feel like on their road trip, they really needed to run into more agents or people, people fleeing. Just people? Well, I get the idea that there's not a lot of people left, right? They've all been sent to New Eden. Well, so this was, you know, I think I talked about on other things about how um, mm. when I was in college, I took Tobin's class and I it was a screenwriting class and the, the mm-hmm. script that I wrote was the zombie commu- musical. No, I, that's the one I wanted to write that nobody wanted me to write. And then Warm Bodies came out. And, uh, but no, I wrote uh, a movie called Last Laugh, or I wrote like half of a movie called Last Laugh, which is about a stand-up comedian who like finally got his first like actual gig, and then the apocalypse happened, and then he was like, "Well, fuck," and so he wanted to go like do his gig anyway, like in front of nobody, but he wanted to like sort of you know, okay. And so it's a road movie where it's post-apocalyptic, like this. And so he meets up with a girl. Basically, it's before I knew Turbo Kid. Like he meets up with somebody who's basically like Apple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like this adorable girl. And then like then the whole thing is like, well, how how many people should he really meet? You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like the road which we watch for Charlie's. Like yeah. how many people is it it's realistic for them to meet? So there's this really popular anime that, and I've I watched it, and you know Neon Neon, Ge- Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, it's a really dense, but like part of the thing is like there's just very few people left on the planet because there was an extinction level event, mm-hmm. and you're watching this show and you're like, "Where is everybody?" And it what shows this Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's oh, okay. a, it's an anime, yeah. but um, like you're watching it for a few episodes and you just it takes a while and then finally it sinks in. It's like, oh, these are literally all the people left. Like people aren't hiding. People aren't. In shelters, like, there's literally just, like, a hundred people left. Like, it's fucked up. So, like, maybe that's what's happening in the Humanity Bureau world. Like, these are literally all the people who have not been sent to New Eden. Ooh, close call. Big stunt. I mean, he kid already died once in this movie, you know what I mean? Oh, what if he died, like, several times? That would have been great. And, like, he's unkillable. Like, that's his thing. How great would this be if that was 50 Cent? <laughs> it was an unknowing 50 Cent double feature today. Check out our mean? last episode of Frozen Ground for our uh, 50 Cent review. And 50 Cent was 50 Cent <laughs> stunt cast, <laughs> offer only, somewhere in between. <laughs> how does 50 pick his roles? Or how do or how do 50's roles pick him? <laughs> So what? So I guess 1951. So thematically for April, Mike, so I would like to, in theory, give the listener uh, sort of a heads up on what they could expect next episode. Too bad Andre Brog was it Brunner? Is that Brower? Brower. Too bad he's not the guy chasing Cage, and this isn't a reunion. Um, okay, so we're talking about April. April. Is Lord of War going to be out on four Cage by then? Can we do a four Cage month in the fourth month? Yeah, is that going to be possible? I know because Knowing is out. I have Knowing. I So I bought Knowing Push because I really like that movie and I think it's going to look great because it's a really cool looking movie. It's a Chris Evans movie. Lord of War 4K comes out March 19th. All right, so we'll do the 4K month. Um, in April. In April, in the fourth month. So what that means... 
And I got a quiet place too. I'm trying to beef up that. Oh, I think I I just bought the the quiet place a quiet place in uh, Blu-ray, not 4K. Um, I'm just starting to I think you know buy in 4K now. I think I'm not sure yet. I'm close. It's just like it's the kind of thing where like like I bought Crazy Rich Asians in Blu-ray because the the 4K had never been below 20, and I got the Blu-ray for like nine dollars. Plus, that's again, that's not really. I feel like a fork, and you know when we have our talks about like what movies are best to watch in 4K, whether it be when it came out or what type of film. I really feel like effects heavy, very high, like colorful things like would be best to watch in 4K. Um, pen, yeah, and oh, so we have next month. Do you want to do? Um, doesn't matter. We'll start with knowing mm-hmm. on April 11th, I believe. And then we'll go to Lord of War, featuring Weston Cage. That's right. And Ethan One Hawk. of two movies with Weston Cage. And Ethan Hawke, that's right. Ethan Hawke, no, and um, Jared Leto as uh, his brother. Mm-hmm. Doing some proto-Joker work Speaking in there. of Blade Runner. That's right. So, yeah, All so that's, my that's children. Good. So then, yeah, so that's good. I think that's, I think that's a solid uh, little month. Get those, get those going. You know, we're we're so that'll be episodes. I think forty four and forty five, right? Yeah, oh, no, forty five, forty six, which means that in June we'll get to episode fifty of Revisited. Ooh, that should be a big one. Okay, I don't know what, but you know, what have we what have we not done? What's his fiftieth movie, and have we watched it for Revisited yet? Maybe we could do something like that. Or Spider-Man will be out, so maybe we could do that and Teen Titans that month. Teen, Teen Titans, Teen, Teen Titans. <laughs> fi- well, the 50th thing that we covered was World Trade Center, which... I don't want to rewatch that for his 50th anniversary, I mean... So the things that we have not... like The, the big ones mm-hmm. that we have not uh We still haven't yet. done, like... Rumblefish. I have the Blu-ray. Birdie. Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh, I'd love to redo the Peggy Sue. Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, maybe we should have done... Gone in 60 Seconds. Peggy Sue for Thanksgiving... For uh, Valentine's, but... uh, Mm. There's always next year. Gone in 60 Seconds. I have the blue. Kick-Ass. We still haven't done Kick-Ass? Joe. Ooh. Army of One. Oh, we've got a lot of good ones left. Dude, we got a lot of good ones left. I know. We did a good... We were smart by... I know. ...doing front-loading it with this sort of worst one. That now it's starting Ooh, smart to, is a relative mm, term, but it's starting to pay off. If you know yes. what I mean, the, I mean we have bad movies left, but but most of them are behind us. So here's something that we need to figure out. This is maybe an off mic conversation, but after we finish the Tom Tom Club, after we finish the Tom Cruise Tom Hanks, every Friday Fridays are for fun. Fridays are always now for fun. Yeah, I don't know where we go from there. Right, right. I hear because you because it's hard to get bigger. Number one. And on the same, at the same time, I don't want to keep adding actors, right? Because we're, we're already because we have to go back. We've got to go back. Keanu, Charlize, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Shia. Mm, but yeah, I hear directors. Because it's like at some point there's gonna, and even if they're just like one or two a year, that's now twelve or fourteen or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough. So I don't I, know. I don't know if there is a thing to follow. I had an idea. So I figured what we do is... Well, we have our one idea that we're going to... We go back to the beginning. 
we go back and we redo Cage Club. Well, yeah, but I don't know if there's you a, know? And I don't then, know if there's a benefit to that. Well, I do. I feel like we have all the friends that we met along the way so far that we would love to have talk about certain Cage movies that, you know, we had all those episodes where it was just the two of us and that was great, but now we have all these new friends and like, yeah. you know, we could have all these, you know, we could probably have, you know, we could we could come close to not overlapping, like you know, like it would be a lot of fun to go back with all of our new friends and, yeah. and talk about these episodes and stuff. And like, imagine having Walt on an episode and busting stats about like Cage during that time. And yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that would be a lot of fun. And that also that brings it all back full circle. We're back to our roots. We're not gonna go three a week. We'll do maybe two a month or something. Like we could really. Yeah, we'll pace see. it that time and then after that we can figure out where to go you know what i'm saying like once we bring it all back to cage keeping in mind that we're we're doing tom tom through the end of next year <laughs> i know well i know but this is very far off future planning uh, and you know that just again that brings a full circle i feel like that would be fun and then you know, heaven forbid, if you wanted, I think you could even call it a day after that because we've looped ourselves back around. And then by then we'll have so many other, you know, every time a new Cage, Keanu, Charlie's movie, Hank's movie, Cruise movie comes out, we still got to keep up with those. So And Cinemakers will never die in theater. Yeah, and Cinemakers, that'll, I feel like, you know, also, that'll keep the other, going. The other benefit, because I, I was actually talking to Brian about this when we were talking about, you know, hmm. not everything needs to be a podcast, but I, we were saying, in theory... At that point, you could do your Star Wars thing. Yeah, or Godzilla, or whatever. Okay, yeah, forever. And I also, I also, so I was talking to Brian. And I was like, Brian, Brian and I like are the perfect podcast partners in that he does all the social media bullshit that I have no interest in. Yeah, doing, and I'm able to edit and not give a shit. You know, because I'm just like, right. I can just do it. And so I know he hates editing. And everybody hates editing. But, but you like, don't edit his stuff, right? No, 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 no. no. I'm just yeah. saying, if we did one together, oh right, if right, right. He, was the one who like did like outreach for yeah. whatever no, I and agree. then on social media and I didn't have to worry about any of that. I'd be like, oh mm-hmm. I would you know. No, he loves doing that. He's really getting into that. So he's got a knack for it. But we'll see. I mean we're not going anywhere we got No. Yeah, I mean another... like look, I'm only ever gonna host a, uh, w- one show on my own at a time. So like if if the Star Wars show starts, well, Three think, Times I of Charms is gonna end. If, I think that you, you know, should do the Star Wars show with Kyle. I will really want to because you know we could talk about an hour for a fucking lightsaber, <laughs> and I don't give a shit. But it's it's good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, look. I mean, you got to admit those Return of the Jedi episodes were pretty entertaining. If they, they weren't, were you know, I'm not saying they were great or anything, but I'm just saying like they were entertaining enough. And book club was out of control for Return of the Jedi, so you got to admit, <laughs> you know, you never thought an Ewok would ever <laughs> say so much. Oh boy, did that blow your mind or what? You couldn't imagine what I was thinking when I read that for the first time to myself, let alone out loud to Kyle on the yeah. air. My leaf brother, Kyle. Did I send you the video or did you see the video? I think I retweeted it as Cage Club, where it was the uh, the the Ray and Kylo lightsaber battle from 8, but said to Britney Spears, work bitch. No, I never saw that. How did I? I miss things here and there. It's very good. I mean, it's it's... I say it's very good. It's exactly what it sounds like. 
I think there's been a couple going around because I follow Ryan Johnson on Twitter and he's been reposting the uh, – it's the throne room, right, where they're fighting the Red Guards. I think there have been a couple overdubs to that and they all just seem to work. And he wrote something. He's like, you have no idea how freaky it is when you're in the edit bay and you put a piece of temp music on no matter what it is. And he's like, we tried like 10 different pieces of temp music for this and it always hit the beat. Hang on. Fuck, come on. Cool. Hang on. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not good at things. Hold on. No, it's okay. No, I'm not apologizing to you. I apologize to the listeners. No, to hear they know bullshit. it's okay. Oh, maybe it's just, it's just screwy on here. Oh, there you go. They're going to turn around. Like, it's not like... It's not great, but it's just it's just weird and cool. I've seen... it's It works, but I've seen better ones, believe it or not. Like, I saw Oh, one, no, this isn't particularly... Yeah. I just like that it's so... It doesn't... It doesn't fit. You know what I mean? That gets to work, bitch. Yeah, I like it as a new trend, though. I like that people have... Turn that into a meme or whatever, that the throne room battle from Last Jedi. Oh, she got murked in the head. Okay. Mommy yeah. down. Cage is next. I can't wait to uh did you see the picture JJ tweeted of oh, everybody hugging? hugging? Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Um uh, apparently too. Oh. oh. It is in the style of Guardians 2. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to follow along at home, just search on Twitter uh, Throne Room and just go to videos. That opening of uh Guardians 2 when they're the fighting group. Mhm. Hi. Mhm. Hey. I'm trying to think of which one I saw them do it to. Maybe it was that turn down for what? That the uh um, let me just search for Ryan Johnson. You said he was retweeting them? He was retweeting a couple of them this weekend, yeah. Okay, let's see here. Class I guess it gets. Or maybe he just did one and I saw it twice or three times or something. Uh huh. Oh, here we go. My favorite thing about all these is that they replicate the experience of the edit room where you drop a random song or track from another movie in over a scene for temp, but it fits mystery well. It's happened so well, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I saw. <laughs> that's the one. Oh, and Cage is shot in the head. Or at least killed. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy and as oh boy. he dies, he his final memory was fly fishing with his father on the dock, Jackfish Lake, Canada. What a movie this is! Cage dies. Oh, how many do you have? I have two. You only crossed off two, <laughs> including the free space. <laughs> I have uh, eight. 
I have Airplane or Airport because I counted the drone as oh, an airplane. Okay. Okay. Uh, X Files connection because oh, wait. woman is attacked. Okay. Someone makes a threat. Singing. Uh, Cage dies. Cage freaks out. Cage Club Podcast Network crossover. Um, but most of these I just did. They just wasn't in here. Oh, wait, Cage stole something. He stole that microchip. Oh, then I got another one. Cage dies. Well, I just haven't been keeping up because we were just like off on our own tangent. Cage driving. Wow, I missed a bunch. Probably stutters or hesitates. Probably grunts. Probably maybe cries, but I didn't. You know. Airplane. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no way you only get one. Yeah. No, I only crossed off one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Because of overreaction. Oh wow! If they had a piece of gold, they would have won. That's a very nice shot. Because it's probably a stock shot that they bought. Maybe. Oh, it's like Logan. You just have to make it across the border. Yeah, he's not coming. I also do like, and this is not you know necessarily the the time or the place to bring this up, but I do like that there have been a lot of movies, usually better than this movie, uh, where they have Native American representation, like yeah. the fact that like you know like Wind River, mm-hmm. like um, well that takes place on the res, so like uh, the Jeremy Saulnier's new one, Hold the Dark, okay, like it just feels like there's stories, so like um, you know I was I was comparing, I was talking to my friend who really likes. Who loves? I should say loves. Um, oh God, what's the name of that movie? Hell or High Water. Oh, I love that. And movie, I was yeah. saying we're comparing it to Wind River, and I was like, look, I think Hell or High Water is better, but I just think it's. I think what it is, it's a very, very well done version of a story I've seen before. I think Wind River is a well done story that I've never seen before. Yeah, that's a good call. And I think just like the the representation of it, uh, sort mm-hmm. of the setting of it all. Yeah. I I feel like that's the kind of movie that like. It's the story that hasn't been told as much. Oh, totally. Hell or High Water is like, at its core, a very sort of basic... Yeah, it's a neo-Western. Yeah, Texas it's, Western. Right, yeah. Which we've yeah. seen a million times. Yeah. But it's just really well done. I feel like the Wind River story, the setting, mm-hmm. you know, the representation of it all, like I was saying, like, it feels mm-hmm. new and fresh. And I, I, I'm not going to say that Wind River is better. I just think that, comparatively, I think that they can be equated in terms of importance or whatever right. because one is better but one is more novel they're both great though yeah that guy has got quite a career happening i remember watching wind river and i think within the first 10 minutes like my dad and i looked at each other like this is something different like this is going to be really something well, so awesome I bought, so i saw that like the night it came out and i really really dug it and then the next day mondo put out a surprise drop have you seen the mondo i have it mondo wind river yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. It's this. So it's... Here. It's the mountain with her running. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the I remember cat, that. Cat. That's gorgeous. Yeah. That Man, makes sense. Up. Just writing some things down. That's all. Oh, there he goes. See, doesn't that look like that one production logo? Have you... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think uh, Wind River Two is Jeremy Renner's best performance. Cage VO. 
Oh, voiceover. So did you see the news story I posted this week? Um, the key, that uh, Cruz was supposed to leave Mission Impossible after Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Was to pass the torch to... Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. And then Jeremy and then Renner... Before he came in, it was just like, nope, we're, we're well, keeping Cruz. I think it was a little bit more... I think that was a major thing. But I think the other thing was Jeremy Renner, they were getting ready to hand off several things to him. Like, he was going to be the next Jason Bourne. Remember that? And then they were like, nah, we're going to get uh, Matt Damon back. So he got nothing. He got one Bourne movie. He was that... Oh, the, Bourne Legacy. Yeah. And but so, I'm just saying, like, but he was never but, cast any torch. Correct. But I think the idea was to do that was first with um, with the uh, Bourne, and then when Mission Impossible, it's like, oh, he didn't get the Bourne. Let's give him Mission Impossible. And then it's like, oh, shit. Like, he was great in one movie. He was unavailable for the next movie. And now it's just like he's not in the series anymore. It's just, you know, Avengers took too much out of it maybe or Marvel stuff or whatever it is, but... There it is, the Humanity Bureau, folks. Sorry, Joey, we had to sit through that, but... Uh... Oh, no, it's fine. We, did, we barely watched it. <laughs> That's true. We barely watched it. Go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, mailbag at cageclub.me. Same offer as the last few episodes if nobody emailed in for either of those. We got pins. If you email us, we'll send you a Cage Club Raising Arizona Nicholas Cage pin holding the, the diapers. Email us, say hi, let us know you listened all the way to the end. We will mail you a pin. Uh, sorry, I only have one, so if they read somebody emailed, you know, sorry. You should have listened earlier. And <laughs> we'll earlier. try. We'll send you something else. It won't be as cool as the pin, but maybe a, some stickers. Uh, go to patreon.com slash cageclub if you want to control what we watch and just say hi and, you know, take us a couple bucks. I'm trying to be better about posting things that we're doing over there, you know, what we're recording, what mm-hmm. we're releasing, because we are doing the, you know, Tom Tom Club now. We are yep. doing, we had this, you know, as we're recording this, we just released our three-part crossover for the Tokyo Drift movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of cool things going on. Just poke around cageclub.me. You know, as we're recording this today, we have passed 850 episodes. Oh, my God. In total. So we're going to hit 1,000 this year at some point. So um, that'll be a, sort of a celebration of some kind. I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe I'll just end everything. Just we're done. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We did 1,000. My, my rule is always 1,000 and out. Well, you know, you have my blessing. To, if you want to just burn it all back to the ground. Well, we're you know? doing like 40 a month now, so we're going to get there in like... I'll tell you what. If you bring the matches, I'll bring the May lighter fluid. June. And we can just torch this shit. Set ourselves on fire <laughs> after we do like hoses we'll like do, in, in yeah. between worlds. We'll do a little between worlds action. Yep. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, poke around cageclub.me. Email mailbag at cageclub.me. Just let us know that you were listening. And we'll see you in two weeks for Knowing, and then in four weeks for Lord of War in our four-cage mm. month. Nice. Fourth That's month, four-cage. Four uh, thank you. Is. Bye. Bye-bye.